Second morning, I have woken up for Mix Night Six. I just want you to know that's a big deal for a musician. I sleep till noon every day. So. Yeah, like this is when you normally be going to sleep. Yeah, right. It's true. <laughs> and I got you out of bed. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, uh, yeah, you joined us in the parade, which was pretty cool. It was. Well, it wasn't cool. It was hot. It was hot. At least by the end, black was a bad choice. That yes. was getting nasty out there, but. <laughs> Well, black, I think, is probably your entire wardrobe. It is, yeah. You know, I'll tell you, um, you know, obviously one of the reasons I started doing concerts in prisons was because of Johnny Cash. I thought that would be the ultimate. And uh, a few newspaper clippings, you know, had the title as The the New Man in Black. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to frame that one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because you you are all about the Elvis and I'm all about the uh, Johnny Cash. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, now, in the parade, of course, we were handing out candy and, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of bracelets. And then we handed out one big prize at Corner of Main and Rhymer. Yeah. Tell us about the guitar. Yeah, well, you know, when we do our concerts, you know, I love pulling somebody from the audience and doing a song together with them. Just, just hey, point at a friend that's a good singer, you know, and then I just love signing a guitar and give it away. I get deals on guitars and stuff. And then I, literally, the morning we were, I was driving into Steinbach to do the parade, I'm like, Oh, we should give away a guitar. So, yeah, we found a moment for it. And good on you because we handed it out to a kid and you walked up. I handed you the guitar, signed it, and then you walked up to a kid. You said, do you play guitar? And he said, no, but he does. He was willing to give up. He could have just said, yeah, I play guitar and gotten a free guitar. But he said, no, but he does. And he offered it to the two people side, side either yeah. side of him. Yeah. And then you gave it to him and said, well, now you're going to learn. And I was like... Good pick and corny. Yeah, and he promised. I said, you promise you're going to learn? He goes, oh, yes. <laughs> and, I, and I swear that kid's mouth is still open today since Friday because he just couldn't close his mouth. He did the look on his face when he got this guitar was phenomenal. Yeah, you know, I got to thank, um, you know, the guys at Dario and they, they carry Beaver Creek guitars. Gives me deals just because, man, I, I remember getting my first guitar, first time st- stepping in the studio, you know, um, at 19. And now you can get into a studio so much earlier. And there's been so much music coming out of Southern Manitoba. But I think most of it has to do because of Trev Schellenberg that works here. He's a big part of it. You know, he had a band called Emerson Stone, you know, in Kleefeld. They were selling CDs at Schellenberg's Hardware and Schellenberg's Food. And I was like, (laughs) we were all like, he's in a band. And me and his little brother, we started a band with Rajan LaBelle, who ended up making albums himself. Great musician. Uh, Jason Kirkness from Third Street. I was from Second Street. And I, I think it... Yeah, his band was Emerson Stone, and it, he showed Kleefeld kids that we could be musicians, and it was awesome. Yeah, who knew that Kleefeld would become the music capital of Manitoba? We are the Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, new album. We've been playing this song since uh, since you first released it. Uh, tell us about uh, uh, Ally. Yeah, so the whole album is has a war base. You know, I... You know, I got an award and I felt weird backstage because the other three guys getting an award, the award were all missing limbs, wearing army fatigues. And I was like, what am I doing here? I'm just a musician. But when they introduced me, they said, this next guy is fighting a different kind of a war, a war against an invisible enemy called mental illness. And I was like, oh, I can work with that. So I hadn't written a song in so long because we tour so much. When the pandemic hit, I started writing, wrote 18 songs, all with that theme. And I sat down with the grand chief and the head of the metis federation two days in a row and i said how do i represent you guys properly and they and like they're like quit being so apologetic 
Rob, because you, you're an ally to us. They gave me my spear name. They call me Bear Chief, the protector. And they said, thank you for representing us and being, being an ally. And I was like, wow, ally. That's something everybody needs in war. So that's why I wrote this song called Ally. Okay, and I'm not going to lie to you. When I watched the video, I cried, and I can fully admit it. Take a listen to this. This is Rob Nash, Ally, on Mix 96. When the shots fly after midnight, when the dark skies, I'm your ally, you need to know. Even when stars shine, I took a red eye, sit by your bedside, you need to know. When there's no light, you're waiting for sunrise. I can hear your cries, you need to know. You better believe I'm ready to remind. I'm still your ally, you need to know. Please know. That's Rob Nash, ally off his new album. You know, Rob, as I was saying, when, when the first time I heard this song was when I watched the video. Yeah. And I, I literally openly wept, hmm. you know, just seeing that story in the video of having an ally, getting through life because you have an ally and who that is in your life. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Yeah. You know, everybody needs an ally and everybody wants to be somebody else's ally. And I just, in the music video, I just wanted two people, show them growing up together and just, you're there. Hey, you're the guy I can call. You're the person I can call if there's a bad night or whatever. And we all need to have that person. You learn that in addictions, you know, like you've got a, uh, you know, a sponsor. And the music video, I'm glad you brought it up because the guy, this guy came up to me. I did a show for the, all the addictions foundations in Alberta. This guy walks up, he goes, dude, I've been in prison for 11 years. And he goes, your song, Hello Goodbye, helped me through my darkest times in prison. And he goes, I just want to thank you. And he goes, now I'm out of prison, I'm making music videos. And he goes, I want to make a video for you. And I was thinking, Ooh. you've been in jail for 11 years, you're probably not too good at this. <laughs> but uh, I was like, he showed me some stuff, it was decent, and he does all my music videos. His name's uh, Frenzy. So if you like that video, I will throw a compliment his way, because, yeah, he does all my videos. He's just an incredible guy, a person that a lot of people would have given up on. And, uh, again, another moment where you find out we're losing some of the most gifted people, yeah. you know, to bad circumstances, you know. But now he's got an ally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's become just one of my best friends, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. that's very cool. Okay, you played me a clip. When, when you were uh, in the parade with me, proud dad moment, you got out your phone. Yeah. He said, Courtney, I want to play you a clip of a song that I got on the new album. Yeah. Uh, because it's my daughter that sings a part of this. Now, how did your daughter get on your album? <laughs> well, I've, been, I've got a studio at home. Our main studio is in Vancouver, but I've been recording my daughters since they were two years old and I was writing when I was writing this album I was thinking you know I've got all these songs that I'm writing about people all the different struggles and so many young girls struggle with you know trying to look like Hollywood you know and the pressures put on them and I was writing this song about a girl with you know um, struggling with an eating disorder let's say or just look in the mirror and, and struggling wondering if she'll ever find love and then I got to the bridge of the song and I'm like I should put a girl part in this so I just called my daughter down 14 years old I'm like come downstairs I just need to check what key to put this in so I gave her this part to sing. She sings it. I'm like, well, that sounds pretty good. So I sent it to my producers, who they're multi-platinum producers. They wouldn't just put her on the album just because she's my daughter. But I was like, you know, hey, check this out. And they're like, who is that? I'm like, that's my 14-year-old daughter. And they're like, dude, this sounds amazing. So, yeah, she's on the album. And, yeah, it's the proudest moment of my career for sure. Well, you're hearing it with dad ears. So you're like, this sounds so good. Yeah. But then when the producers are like, who is that? Oh, yeah. okay, let me tell you who that is. That's my girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and her name is? Ashra. 
It's fantastic as Ashra takes it away on this next song called Background. You have uh, been traveling this continent uh, talking mostly to students about uh, about mental health issues and your strength within, and um, you have a documentary coming out? Yeah. So uh, the five years before the pandemic, you know, we were back doing big theaters and even arenas. So our last show was at the arena in Medicine Hat, and we had like 40-some schools. There. We flew in kids from reserves, you know, did it all through the charity, and then this pandemic shut everything down. We didn't know if this would be two days or two weeks, two months, but something in my heart was, I just looked at my team. I'm like, I think it's time that we share the stories that we've collected. Cause in, for years I haven't, other than in from stage, I've not told a lot of stories. Like I chat with you guys here. Um, but I've always tried to stay out of the public a bit because I never wanted the students to think that what I do is a publicity stunt, you know? Um, but I'm like, maybe it's time to tell these stories. So there was a small film crew that was hired by C- CBC to do a small piece on me a few years ago. Just amazing guys. And so I called up my my buddy Andrew, the head of the crew, and I was like, hey, can you help me tell some of these stories to these kids that gave us suicide notes? Let's go find out where they are now. And uh, so he was like, ah, let's do it. So we had sold our tour bus, <laughs> and uh, we used that money to shoot this documentary, and it was just so moving. They were also like, Rob, we got to tell your story too. I'm like, fine. So we went back to Kleefeld, the house I grew up in, the church I went to. You know, we had kid actors playing me, my, my cousin's kid, actually, funny really? enough. Oh, yeah, cool. and it was it was quite the rush. And then they recreated my accident scene with the same vehicle. Um, yeah, Metal Master actually found the exact vehicle, recreated the scene two days before we shot my part. My dad passed, so it brought something really emotional and raw out of me. But yeah, the documentary's all done. Um, yeah, we're now negotiating with all the, figuring out where it's going to be, Netflix or Crave or Amazon Prime and stuff. But I'm so excited for people to see these stories. Well, the moment it's out, we will trumpet it all over and make sure everybody knows where to find it. Because, you know, it, my, my struggle every time you come in is you have so many stories to tell. Yeah. And I always want to start right at the beginning and retell every part of it, you know, <laughs> because it, it's all integral yeah. like your accident is an integral part of your story and, yeah. and and one thing you often say is that you know people say it happens for a reason but you say it doesn't it happens yeah. with purpose yeah and and that's so true and you've taken that and you've and you've used that and now to the point where this documentary is going to tell the story of how you have used that yeah there's the potential your story can take you and your family out but there's a potential your story can help a lot of people and that's what we've tried to do and and honestly from stage like i don't think people listen to me because they think i'm some great example of being a perfect human being i get up on stage and i talk about screwing up you know i think so often you know that's that's what people want to see like because we've all screwed up we all deserve a second chance and to be raw and vulnerable from stage isn't fun yeah. in front of thousands of strangers. But people need to hear that, that it's okay to start oh, yeah. over, you know? Can you imagine students listening to you if they thought your life was perfect and you'd never made a mistake? Oh. Because they can't relate to that. No. We've all made mistakes. And if yeah. you can get real with them and tell them, no, like, actually, guys, like, don't feel bad about what you've done because this is what I've done. Yeah. And But now look what I've done with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and honestly, yours, 
you know, if you try to paint this picture that you, you know, life is going to be fluffy, it's, everybody's going to go through a tough day. Yeah. And to, in the everybody in the audience, maybe you've been through a tough day. I'm here to talk to you. But maybe you haven't. But one day you will. One day you're going to have that tough day. You're going to lose somebody. You're going to go through a tragedy. What are you going to do with it? You know. And yeah, again, following up with these kids in the documentary, there was people that I met in prison in this documentary. The kids from a reserve. And once you, when you sit down, like Johnny Cash did, I want to be playing a prison because of Johnny Cash. When I started doing prison shows, and you meet somebody, you hear their the headline: "Guy murders his parents. He's in jail." You know, that's a terrible headline. Then you sit down and talk with them. And you're like, oh. Wow. And you start hearing story after story and you're like, you know, I might be here, too, if I went through that, you know, because so so often it's just a starting point between Mm -hmm. what you what you grew up with and somebody else grew up with. And so many times we don't see past the headline. Once they're locked up, they're still a person. They're still a person with a lot of life ahead of them. Exactly. And and, you know, all we all we know of them is the headline. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Now. Just a pretty cool curriculum that's going to be going around yeah. in the next little while, uh, thanks to your charity. And we're going to chat more with Rob Nash in just a moment on Mix. It's the Mix Morning Show. It's the Mix Morning Show. We're joined by Rob Nash on the Mix Morning Show. He joined us in the parade. We just uh, chatted about his new album just a few minutes ago. He's got a new documentary coming out as well in the moment that that thing is released. Do we have a, a date? Do we have a projected nope, no, idea? It, it, I, we have a lot of connections in the music industry. Warner is helping us with the new album with no strings attached, but this, you know, Hollywood world of film is new to us, so uh, lots of lots of negotiations right now, but okay, you'll, you'll be first to hear about it. Corey. And we'll let you know I'm not going to call you 5am, though. I oh, promise you. You can. That. I won't. Okay. <laughs> I'll be up. <laughs> so now, uh, you've gone and traveled across uh, Canada and throughout the United States, uh, going to schools. You've talked to like almost every school in this area. I have a friend out in BC who said, "Do you know Rob Nash? I think he's from your area." The difference that he made in my daughter's life and my kid's school, like in the kid people, that, like so you've made a massive impact school to school. But you can only do one at a time, yeah. Until or now. a bunch of schools in one group, yeah. And now you've got this curriculum. Tell us about this. Yeah. So. Um we shot this documentary, as I was mentioning, but then I put together a team of like psychologists, social workers, and um, counselors. And I was like, can you take each episode of these kids and let's turn this into a curriculum? So we beta tested this in four provinces and amazing response. And in spring, it was across Canada and it will be in fall as well. But people watch base- a Hollywood production of my story, then a music video, and then they journal like, what was Rob's struggle? What was his breakthrough? How did he get help? And how is he helping other people? Then they watch the story of one of the kids that had a breakthrough at one of our concerts. Same thing. They journal about that person's story. And then after four episodes, they, then they're asked, hey, what's your struggle? Where could you find a breakthrough? How could you get help? How could you help other people? And, um, yeah, kids are pouring their hearts into these journals. And um, the response from the students and staff has been incredible. And the cool thing is, is before, as you mentioned, we could only be in one place at a time. But now, you know, there can be schools in Victoria doing it at the same time as New Brunswick. So, if, and if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, if you're a, a counselor, if you're um, a superintendent and you're listening to this, uh, right now it is available for free. Just go to robnash.ca and uh, you can watch. There's a trailer about the curriculum. You can find all about it. we got our partners with CMHA and Kids Help Phone. Um, we have additional support after the, uh, the curriculum if any schools need it um, through one of our partners. So we just want to... <laughs> This last two years has been 
hell on people's mental health, especially young people. We get called to so many 911 calls, and um, we just want this to be available. It costs us a lot to put it together, but we just want to help as many people as possible. People need to see that not every story of mental health ends in suicide, and we can learn from tragedy, but we have to show that there's a balance. Not every story of addiction ends with an overdose. Again, we can learn from tragedy, without question, but balance those stories, and this curriculum and the documentary is full of stories of people having breakthroughs. See, I love this. You know, then I love it that it's part of a curriculum where you can have, like, math, geography, and mental health. Like, there should be, like, it should be a regular class like history. Do you want right? to hear my idea? Yes. Is it, I shouldn't say this, but I will. I want to get to a place where it's going to end up like Dragon's Den at the end of the curriculum or Shark's Tank, where a class or a school is told, go find a need in your community and get our sponsors to get us some cash. Be like, hey, class, what would you do with five grand in your community? What would you do with 10 grand? And figure out what they could come up with and give them a taste of doing something significant in their community. Because the, the antidote to pain is not happiness. The antidote to pain is purpose, you know, so um, that that's what gets you through. Like we all have mental health struggles. There's days when you feel 100 percent and days you feel 80, <laughs> just like physical health. But no, some people don't know what it's like to get down to two and three percent. But in those moments, and I've been there, that's when you feel like the greatest gift you could give the people around you is to leave. You feel like you're being selfless, but that purpose, when you know your story could help other people, you know, that's the purpose that you need to fight off that pain, you know. If you're just looking for happiness, like that's kind of letting the world around you dictate your mood, you know, and you got to find some strength inside understanding your story could help somebody just like you one day. Yeah. And, you, and your and your mood is not what fixes. You know, you talk about, you know, when going through mental health and picking apart this curriculum and, and what you're doing is you're making, you're having the kids recognize the tools that are in the tool yeah. belt, right? Yeah. You got to make sure the tour, tools are in the tool belt. Or when you need them. Exactly. You know, I just, just happened at St. Fatal Mall. This girl comes up. She goes, Rob, I'm your biggest fan. You know, your music helped me so much because I was diagnosed with depression and I have suicidal thoughts. And I was like, oh, you're like me. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, you hurt deeply, but you love deeply too, don't you? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, you hurt deeply, but you can see when others are hurting, can't you? She's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you have what I have. And it sucks sometimes. You can help a lot of people with that. Isn't it interesting that we get diagnosed with depression, which is very real. But nobody gets diagnosed with empathy. Why yes. not? That's beautiful. So I was like, so do you paint? Do you dance? Do you sing poetry? What do you... She said, yeah, I paint. How did you know? You're an artist. Artists, we have extra emotion that we're meant to channel in something. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do, because we're losing the most gifted people. Yeah. And what you did is you opened her tool belt and you showed her, you showed her, look, look at the tools you have inside this tool belt. Look yeah. how strong you are. Yeah. Right? I love that. Uh, Rob. I could, we could hang out all day because <laughs> there's so many stories to tell. We're going to save them for another day. Thank you for uh, spending some time with thank us on you, Mix. Courtney. And thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, thank you guys. It's the Mix Morning Show.